Hey, what's up? I'm Alexa Casper, and this is Heasy Life, where we embrace hard things now so that we can live easy later. What's up, friends? This is episode 42 of Heasy Life titled Building Your Dreams with Hugh Moore. I am stoked for this interview. Owner and founder of Roger the Van, Hugh always had a dream of minimizing his expenses, buying a van, and living down by the river. He left the comforts of a corporate job to literally build his dreams in the form of a 1984 Toyota van and has never looked back since. That van changed his life, and it might just change yours too. Let's get this interview started. Hello, Heasy Lifers. I am so excited to have Hugh Moore on the podcast today. Hugh, welcome. How are you today? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. I'm great. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, I'm so excited. I feel like I, I went through a lot of female interviews for a long time, so it's good to have some male energy here. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm glad to bring it. Yeah, bring it on. So I like to start with a little warm-up question, and the warm-up question for today is what is your spirit animal and why? Okay, so I've been asked this question quite a few times, you know, games growing up and everything. And I, I think it boils down to a dog. I love dogs. I grew up, I think I had three over my childhood. And um, I would say because they're, they're just like your pals, you, you go around with them, you get to play with them. They're, they're always up for fun and they're not holding on to things from the past. They're just always right there with you. I think they just know how to live life. So I would say dog for my spirit animal. I love that. That's awesome. I'm definitely a cat person, but I do appreciate a dog. And I love the loyalty and perspective that dog brings. You know, they love you unconditionally. I just like that cats make you work for your love. I'm like, I will love you. (laughs) So, hey, um, thank you so much for being on here. And I'd love for you to maybe give some background into how you got to this moment in your life and your career right now. Sure, sure. So I've been in the professional world. I've been doing IT consulting ever since I got out of UGA. So almost seven years ago, I would say throughout those seven years, my life's been figuring out how do I provide for myself? How do I work as a human. I think getting to to know myself and then figuring out how to create my life the best that I can. So a lot of self-learning and just figuring out who I am over the past, you know, five, six, seven years here. Yeah, I think we all go through this journey of like, we get out of school, and then we wake up and we're like, oh, crap, how do I be an adult? How do I navigate being a human and it's kind of scary and also exciting like there's a lot of potential for that to happen and what drew me to your story and what's so exciting about what happened is that you took a difficult situation or just like hey this is how everyone else is telling me I should live my life but what do I want to do with my life and you really owned that journey Can you talk about how you started Roger the Van and how you began that journey? All right. I'm going to take it back to 2010. So I was coming back from South Africa and I did a study abroad there and it hit me. Oh, shoot. I'm about to graduate. Like I have to figure out how to provide for myself. And so I remember coming back from that and I got a Jeep Cherokee when I got back. It was like $3,000 and my backup plan if I couldn't get a job 
was to go live in the back of that Jeep. And so I, I did that for a while. And, you know, after a little while, I, I got a job and I realized, oh, my gosh, I don't have to live in the back of a Jeep now. And so I went through a good five years of corporate consulting and I I worked hard and that was kind of my life. And I realized at a certain point, I'm not fulfilled here. I'm not. There's certain needs that I have that aren't being met, and I need to figure out how to meet those. And I read everything on personal development, self help. How do I essentially? How do I get to being happy? I I have the the job that I was looking for. I have the money I was looking for. I have you know on the outside a really great life, but something's not being met there. And I went on a a van trip. I rented a VW West Folly and drove up the coast of California and just got away for 13 days with a buddy of mine. And I experienced a huge sense of freedom in kind of just leaving behind my life there and consolidating my life to just a little van. And it was that experience combined with some of my previous thoughts of, oh, well, how do I support myself? Maybe I'll just minimize down to a a Jeep. And so I got back and I started talking to coworkers, you know, I need to go and get a van because I'm ready to change my life. I saw this, this dumb skit on Saturday Night Live about this motivational speaker who lived in a van down by the river. So the best thing that came to my mind was, well, I'll just get a van and then I'll build it out and I'll live in it down by the river and I'll figure out how to make money. But that's what I'll do for my life because I want that freedom. I started and things did not go according to plan. I thought I'd be done in like three months and out there living this quote unquote dream. But I think after setback after setback, my goals and and aspirations with that kind of transformed. And while I was working on the van, I I met my wife now and and got married and things have transformed a little bit, but I think it it set me on a path and it launched me with stepping out and starting to go after something that I personally really wanted to do. Yeah, that's amazing. And like how incredible that you felt the responsibility to pursue your happiness, that you didn't just sit there and you're like, I'm not really happy, but you actually did something about that. And I think that's what really has made you successful is that you're a person of action. You do talk about sometimes on your Instagram, I saw you were vlogging a little bit about the challenges and like the the times that you'd failed and things that went wrong. How did you learn from that? And, and what were some of those big moments that you had to overcome? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. A lot comes up there. So I'll, I'll sort through it. I think the, the biggest thing that keeps me going is I mean, I'm a very visual person. And so very early on, I started developing a pretty strong vision of where I wanted to be. And I would say that vision's kind of pulled me through. There's definitely times that I felt, oh my gosh, I can't keep going down here, down this path. I mean, multiple times on my build where I injured myself, those were probably my biggest setbacks that I didn't talk about as much. Like when I got an engine hoist and I it was 160 pounds and I was carrying it and a friend let go on his side and I I pulled my back and couldn't work on it for four months or had the transmission fall on my arm and had some, some nerve damage from that and just some actual serious setbacks that came up to push me back. But I'm building this out 
this is what I'm going to do and I'm staying one track until I get there. And so I think that combined with meditation kind of helped me get past roadblocks that came up, whether it's uh, wrong parts coming in, you know, all these things. And it just, it pulled me through to know I'm going to get there no matter how long it takes. And this is the one path that I'm going on. Yeah, that must have been tough. I can't imagine having a transmission fall on my arm or pull out my back. I mean, wow, that's, (laughs) that's crazy. And I mean, you had to pursue through so much intensity to kind of make your dream happen. But I'm interested in the logistical part of how you actually built this I mean did, do you have a engineering background or like how how did you know how to do all of this so I would say ever since I was a little kid I've been so interested in how things work I mean when the internet first came out I was on howstuffworks.com like through my AOL portal all the time I bought my first car at age 14 and I had this passion for engines and figuring out how things work I was limited in certain ways to where I wanted something but then maybe my parents didn't know how to fix a car or I didn't have the money to take it in and I realized If I want to actually get this outcome, then I'm going to have to dig down deep and sit here and figure it out. I would say I'm on my 14th car now, and I've I've just gone through quite a few mechanical endeavors. Uh, Putting my hands on something and fixing it just... It's one of my biggest joys. I, I love doing that. So it was it was a lot of just learning over time. I'd ask questions on forums. I'd go in and I'd take something apart. And sometimes, for instance, even on this van build, you may see from the Instagram, I rebuilt the transmission four times. I had never done it before, and I realized it wasn't working properly. So I said, well, I'm going to learn. It's just a matter for me of figuring out what I want to do and then not letting go and not stopping until I make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. How do you stay motivated when, I mean, you're having these months where you're trying to rebuild a transmission? Like what keeps you alive and that that passion fueling? Let's see. The biggest thing for me is I know personally that I need to be focusing on this. And I'll expand a little bit on that. So I have very high energy levels. I'm a, I'm a pretty big introvert, but at the same time, I have, as one of my coaches would say, I'm wired hot. Before I got into the van, I struggled with panic attacks and would get panic attacks every once in a while, and or actually pretty often, if I'm honest. But I knew, I figured out that I needed something to channel my energy towards. It was almost like I didn't have enough creative outlet. And if I didn't channel that towards something positive and structured, then things would go wrong and I'd freak myself out. And so I think there's a big aspect of me that I know I need this project and I need projects like this to kind of pour out into the world and put my creative energy there. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And I I definitely agree. I mean, I think we... Sometimes it's personalities, but there's there's just something that's like inside of us that needs to come out. It's like a creative fire inside of you. And you have to find that avenue where that fits. 
So who inspires you? So I had quite a few people that inspired me. If I go back to when I was a little kid, I can think of Thomas Edison as one. I remember learning about him in school and remembering he tried, tried and tried. You know, it took him, what, a thousand times to do a light bulb. He had some 700 inventions. And I always just had in my mind that I would have some kind of workshop like that and I would be able to do 500 inventions. And I've had this passion to do something that changes and shifts life on a, on a major scale for not just myself, but a whole heck of a lot of people. So I think from childhood, it would probably be Thomas Edison or Benjamin Franklin, but more modern day people that inspire me. There's Gary Vaynerchuk. I think he's pretty widely known in like the social media area, but um, I think his just pursuit of pushing forward and just doing his thing and putting himself out there inspires me a lot. One of my buddies that I've known since college, Jonathan Hull, he started a Porsche and Ferrari brokerage. Uh, he's he's my same age, right around 30. And just, just him pursuing and going after things that many people would, wouldn't allow themselves to get to at such a young age, kind of giving himself permission. And then, of course, I, I have a coach, Tom Lombardi, and... I think just watching someone who's so intentional, so present, so focused and there for other people that that inspires me to take my wild hyper energy and channel that more into uh, a focused presence instead of kind of a, a rambunctious like Tasmanian devil type of energy. Yeah, that is so great. And I love the the part where you said that your friend gave himself permission to do and be in that role. And I think that's something that we often limit our own selves. It's like we don't even give ourselves the permission to try. Thank you for that. I, th I think that's very profound. And I want to circle back because you did talk about meditation and, and mindfulness. And I'm so about that. It's changed my life. And Tell me about your journey into mindfulness or how you find the benefits of that. Sure. So I was first introduced to that in 2010. I was talking to my mom. I was in this social entrepreneurship study abroad overseas in Cape Town. And uh, I was like, oh my gosh, mom, I've never had this much going on. And I just don't know how to calm down. And she sent me some links on meditation. And I think I had dabbled in it over the years from there just probably the next two years kind of dabbled and researched a little and it was very theoretical to me. And one of my mentors gave me this book called The Light Within and it was all about meditation and essentially slowing down and stilling yourself. And I, I went through a period where I was experiencing back pain and it was it was really severe and I had tried everything, all the physical therapy, all the you know, everything you can think of, all the MRIs, x-rays, injections, acupuncture, uh, medical massage, etc. And nothing changed it, nothing helped it. And I kind of came to the end of my rope and I, I started looking into what are some alternate ways that I can deal with this. And I'm looking at my bookshelf now and I got books like Teach Us to Sit Still. Um, I went back to light within. Um, I, I read a whole handful of, of other meditation books and, and just started realizing that there was something inside me that I hadn't tapped into and that 
there's something that I can't get from all these doctors. I thought maybe I could just go to this one place and get the right pill or words, etc. So I think for me, it was kind of suffering of physical pain that pushed me towards, okay, let me get serious about this. And the cool thing where that's evolved for me is the skill that I can bring into meetings is presence when everyone else in the organization is going crazy. Say if it's a crazy time, I think I've I've learned how to feel and see that there's craziness going on, but remain present enough to not be wrapped up in that and actually make powerful decisions instead of just reacting to everything that comes at me. Yes, that is, uh, I'm like nodding my head over here because I, I totally agree. I think it's so important to calm our spirit. And I mean, even as I'm sitting here now, it's like sometimes I want to just kind of keep my shoulders all like tightened up and just to breathe and relax and be mindful of your body is is so important. So I'm interested, is Roger the Van a project that propelled you into a consulting business or how, what does your day-to-day life look like now? Okay, so for the past six years, I've been in this IT consulting and my my goal, my dream is to transition full-time into solo entrepreneurship. For the past year or two, I've, I've hired, I have one assistant right now and right now I'm more side hustle status. So my day-to-day life, I'm still in a full-time consulting gig. I typically wake up, uh, my ideal would be 5 a.m., but realistically, it's 6 a.m. every morning. Always start with meditation, probably some inspirational reading, yoga if I can on a good day, and then just kind of a slow morning, getting ready, preparing for the day. And, and I typically go into about nine hours of work. I have about, about 20 or so people on a project that I'm leading, and I I connect with people, have one-on-one conversations, mentor throughout the day, get on phone calls, make sure everything's going in the right direction. And then I'll come home and that's when I'll either find some time to do one or two tasks on Roger. And for me, that's kind of uh, an unwind time. So getting my hands on the van or even just going and sitting in the van. For me, it's just a decompression session where I dream and visualize about what I'm going to do there. And it's something that feeds my soul. And it's something that I can imagine and think through for 30, 45 minutes, what I want to do, and then draw things out. And then I'll get my hands on things. And typically, that's my day kind of Monday through Friday. And Saturdays when I can, I'll I'll block out most of the day and either myself and my wife or myself and a friend work on Roger and kind of knock out a huge chunk of work. So tell me about your wife. I want to know how she feels about Roger and her involvement and about you guys. Sure, sure. So the the cool thing is I had started 100%, uh, you know, 100 miles an hour on Roger before we were even a thing. We had known each other for about six years before we started officially dating. And she was really good friends with one of my best friend's wives. So we had seen each other over the years. And I always thought she was way out of my league. Just I didn't have a chance. So I just dismissed it. And I had gone through a hard time. I had went through a breakup. And I just I was at a a tough place. And so that's kind of when I started on the whole Roger journey, because I realized I need something to 
really put my hands on and just go after. And so I was heads down all into traveling along that that path and I was going to go live in it by myself by the river and my my friend's wife Lauren she was saying Hugh have you thought about Elisa and she kept coming to me I finally stopped her and I said are you saying there's a chance here and she's like yes she she wants to date you Hugh so I I think it was the next day I picked up the phone and gave her a call and the next available time I had was like six weeks out. So I set up a date. She was messaging me like, Hey, how's Roger? I hear you're doing this really cool thing with the van. And so she merged into it, you know, a couple months after I got into it. And I think through that, she got to one that anchored me. I think that anchored a lot of my energy so that I was honestly a lot more stable to really give in that relationship. And I would say more than anything, she's been an incredible partner and support throughout it. I'm the idea man, and she's the the practical, realistic, but very supportive and gracious counterpart. She's definitely got her hands on the van with me, whether it's the time when I spilled 10 quarts of oil in the garage and she helped me clean up to helping me clean and restore parts on the engine to sanding parts or uh, even being my co-pilot when we went down to Key West. Um, She's been in it with me. But I think the biggest thing is um, it it kind of gave us a sense of, you know how when you have a, a kid and you're both investing in something and you get to see them grow, it's like the intangible version of that. It's kind of become kind of near and dear to both of our hearts and uh, kind of a centerpiece of of our marriage where we drove off in it when we got married. We we took photo shoots in it. it. It gives us a really good framework for our relationship as Roger has evolved alongside it. That is so sweet. And what an incredible story that you guys will always have that and always be connected through that. What's the status with Roger right now? What's he doing? Yeah, so Roger's actually my daily driver right now. I I just got back from driving him over to the consulting gig. Right now, I'm I'm working on I've diverted some energy towards uh, selling my Jeep. It was kind of my play toy and I'm trying to sell that so that I can have some more funds freed up to pour in and do some next step projects on Roger. Some of the next things I have on there I've just gotten almost all the parts to build out a rooftop deck. I have a side awning on it. We're putting a rooftop carrier. We're finishing out the trim and dual battery system that we have so that we can kind of finish out the couch. And I have some wood to finish up the cabinet and sink area. So I have about six or so things on the plate, but... Uh, finishing up the Jeep, getting that out on the market, and I'm taking some of those funds to fund some of these next steps for Roger. Nice. That's really exciting. And do you have everything kind of laid out? I know you're a big picture thinker. Is there a long-term plan? Let's see. So this is probably where I have the hardest time because I, I have all of the parts for probably about six projects right now. The one that's biggest in my face, I, probably I do it this way. Whatever's closest to my desk in the office, I have wood all laid out. I have brake parts all laid out. I have the awning. 
and I have all of the rooftop deck stuff. So really, as I'm building these things out, the thing that's taking up the most room and the thing that's closest to me, I'll do next. In parallel with all of that, that's kind of the, the tangible tasks that I'm building out on it. I'm also working on, uh, I think you've seen one of my blogs, but blogging out and documenting an insane amount of life lessons I've learned along the way that I have in all my, whatever it is, iCloud notes. And I have, I have material for a book. Uh, I have a couple book names in my back pocket. And I'm also working on some blog posts because I would love to figure out how to entwine and share personal development story, which would help to empower people along with the tangible build of Roger. So in parallel with all of this build, I'm figuring out how to document and capture that so that I can put it in a consumable format that other people can be inspired other than just seeing a person uh, he threw on another sink. That's great. But go into the details of analogies of, of why and kind of drilling down into self-help, personal development, philosophy behind each of the steps. Yes, please do that. I think that would be incredible and super valuable. That's actually a great segue because I want to read you something from your blog post, How Roger Came to Be. You said, the preparations I began on Roger actually began to prepare me. You see, it wasn't Roger who needed to be built out. It was me. How does that make you feel? It's humbling to hear those words come back at me because it's it still rings true. I think as I was starting on Roger, I I was all gung-ho and I remember saying, I will get this thing done in three months. And I think I was just a little full of myself, a little bit over ambitious and um, maybe even a little overconfident in myself. But at the same time, I think I lacked a lot of confidence in being able to actually complete it. And so it was it was a test of my character and my perseverance to to handle this thing. I I can't even tell you how many times I thought about and considered just throwing in the towel and saying uh, I'm going to walk away from all of this. But really it was those deeper things underneath the tangible build that have been so rewarding to me. So if if I think about some of the character items, I would say one of the biggest things is is confidence in myself. I it's it's humbling to say that. I I would like to think that over the years I've been a pretty capable guy, um, and maybe even some of my accomplishments would have reflected that back on me. But I didn't have something that I felt so much ownership over that I could tangibly see and hold on to. And I think as I would go and maybe let's just start with the engine. When I took the engine and rebuilt that, there was there was aspects of that that I saw myself. I would relate and correlate the engine to to the heart. As I'd be working on it, I would sit there and think and kind of marinate, meditate on, okay, like, this is how this part relates to the van. How does this relate to my life and what I'm doing? Why is it important to have an engine that runs incredibly well? And then it, I would reflect back and look at myself as I'm working on it with my hands and think about, okay, it's it's important for me to take care of myself. It's important for me to 
nurture and maintain myself? Am I quote unquote changing my oil? Am I doing the routine maintenance on myself? And I went through that with the whole van, whether it's um, I would enjoy it for the long run. And I think it, it raised my standards of how I actually lived going through that because I, I started to see Roger as a, as a carrier and metaphor for my life. I, I think the biggest thing is I learned lessons from every step of that way. And I learned, I think, to actually start implementing those because I'm so visual. I needed that visual, tangible thing that I put my hands on to say, oh, I, as silly as it sounds, I relate to this van in this way. I relate to this issue that I'm facing in this way. And I would take those setbacks into real life situations. So it it kind of gave me a nice blueprint framework to grow myself on. Yeah, absolutely. And we learn so much by experiencing things, right? Like actually getting in there and feeling them for ourselves. And like, what a cool thing that you got so much experience out of this. And I've been wondering this, what is the name? Where did the name come from? Why Roger? Oh, yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. So when I first got it, so I got it from this, this guy in Edgewood, Atlanta, and he gave it to me. It was so sentimental because he, uh, he was kind of an older retired man. And he I could tell he just loved this van. And it was clearly from another era. And so I got it home towed into my driveway, started washing it. And I asked myself, you know, what should its name be? I I feel like I should take this project and name it something. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, Roger from Mr. Rogers. And the, the reason for that is I loved Mr. Rogers when I was growing up. And I mean, he was this, this older, kind, gentle, humble, like loving, encouraging guy always wore these sweater vests and was was so friendly and I saw Roger as like this unintimidating like old man who doesn't have to walk fast anymore who can like stroll down the street isn't moved by the hustle and bustle of of daily life and I think it kind of personified Roger because I mean the van's not that fast I mean it's it's older like it doesn't have the ABS brakes and the airbags and like all the nice upgraded suspension he's just he just is he's just this 80s old van and I think it it kind of personifies that that fun loving like my friends who have kids like they think it's so cool and so I think it's it's kind of this warm welcome friendly uh, fun loving guy that you can't help but like honk and wave at when you go by that is incredible like so, so awesome. What advice do you have for Heasy Lifers? How can we learn from you and grow from your experience? I think the biggest thing for me was was finding what I loved and then uh, not taking no for an answer, just pursuing that no matter what kind of challenge comes up. Because So I believe that we've all been given something in our hearts that, that we love and that is is out there in the world that we can either bring forth through us or go out there, create or add to. And so I would just, I would just encourage everyone to uh, find and, and seek that thing out that, that you guys love. I think part of that is for me, my process was getting still enough and creating enough space in my life, whether it's meditating or 
uh, going out camping or for me it was getting in a van and getting away from everything to where those things that you actually love can come to the surface. So one, nurturing that space where you can kind of find what you love and then going after that no matter what anyone says because I think when, when it really does truly come from deep down within you, I think there's a way you can make it work. I mean, right now I'm, I'm not supporting myself off of, off of Roger or anything like that, but it is something that inspires me so much to where the other work that I do in my life goes down easier. And it's, um, it's not as stressful because I know that I have that. And I would love to eventually one day make a living off of really, I have a lot of ideas that are coming to the surface, but I'm just confident that that's going to happen because it's, it's what I love and I'm pursuing it. So that's where I'm at on my journey, but I would encourage everyone to just continue pursuing that until they get to where they want to go and really not take that no for an answer. Yeah. And something that comes to mind is that I was always told is what you are pursuing is pursuing you. And I think that's a great testament to exactly what you're talking about. So Hugh, how can we promote you and and help you out along your journey? I think the biggest thing that that would help me along the path, it may sound silly, but encouragement along the way. For instance, talking with you right here, Alexa, was uh, just like saying, oh, I think the, the book idea is so cool. And things like that help me to continue to push out more content, whether it's people asking questions on the Instagram, shooting me messages. I mean, I'm very open to sharing advice, guidance, getting people's input. Anyone can reach out to me. I have an email connect at rogerthevan.com. People can reach me at Instagram, uh, rogerthevan. And I think that encouragement is is a big thing. Um, In a tangible sense, I have Roger the Van stickers and t-shirts if people want to share and promote those physically. I have I have those on my website, rogerthevan.com. But probably the biggest, longest lasting uh, would, would just be encouragement and engagement along the way. I think that's such a great reminder that we're real people and we do this because we care and we want to invest and make the world a better place. So keep going and keep your head up. And thank you so much for being a part of Easy Life and for doing the hard things now so that you really can live easy later. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks. Thank you. That was great. That was so cool, wasn't it? I love how he applies his physical work into his emotional work. We are all building something. And what Hugh taught me is that sometimes what you're building is yourself. What you do matters. The things you do today are laying the foundations for your tomorrow. Be intentional, be fearless, and build something great today. You got this. Thank you so much for listening. Give Hugh and Roger the Van some love over on Instagram. And if you want to learn more about the process or get some mad inspiration, check out rogerthevan.com. Well, that's a wrap. Have a great week and keep it easy, my friends.